Welcome to episode five of our series, Worship Leading for Small Churches. Uh, if you missed any of the previous episodes, go back and watch those. Those are great. And I actually teased this episode, last episode. Yep. So if you missed it, then, then you missed out. Uh, go back and watch it. In this episode, we are talking about adding new vocalists, how to add new vocalists, and then how to train vocalists as well. I'm once again joined by Josh Powell and Rachel Wiley of Transmission. Uh, I, I'll just just an opening thing here. Vocalists are the most important part in worship. Yeah. Why? Because they're the ones that are singing the lyrics. They're the ones that are conveying the message. They're the ones that are literally holding the microphones, uh, talking to the congregation. Um, it, it's it's very very important. Um, this this is the most important part, which also can be the most scariest mm. part. Um, so, R- Rachel. As a vocalist, what yes. are you looking for uh, into adding a new vocalist? Uh, you're, you've been leading worship by yourself as the vocalist, um, maybe instrumentalist. Mm. But how do you add somebody else? Um, uh, what's, what's your process in, in adding another vocalist? Um, a lot of times people come to me. People are in the congregation. They see what we do on a Sunday morning, and they want to be a part. So singing is usually what people can come in uh, with and not maybe have had a as much experience as, say, a guitarist who maybe wants to come in who's been taking lessons or a pianist who's kind of done the same thing. Um, most people can sing. Mm. So they oftentimes people feel like they can just come and make that request, and that's great. Um, other times it's, I don't want to say headhunting, but seeing gifts within your congregation uh, and kind of calling those out and saying, hey, I, I've heard you, and I, I see your heart, and I just wondered if maybe you would want to come and be a part of our team. So I think it, it goes for both. And we said this last episode too, as far as instrumentalists goes, but sometimes it's reaching out and sometimes it's you reaching out to them. Yeah. Uh, I know praise band can be, can be still new mm-hmm. to some churches. Um, uh, and let, let, let's say the church has a choir mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, everybody in the choir can sing. Uh, who would you reach out? Like, like who, who, who would you invite um, from that choir, like, are you looking into vocal styles or mm. or uh, how it will blend with yours as a worship leader? How would, how would you do that? Yeah, um, I actually really like going into choirs and pulling people from there yeah. because there is a blendability that yeah. is needed for mm-hmm. contemporary worship leading. And in choirs, you have more practice at doing that. You've had to sing with other voices. So you're kind of already in that mindset. Yeah. Um, you can go at it, I mean, one of two ways. Sometimes it's looking for those who volunteer for solos because you know that they kind of don't mind being up in front of people. Yeah. Maybe that's already something they're comfortable with. And that might help you look for a strong lead vocalist. Exactly. To where you're not leading everything. Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes if it's maybe not a lead vocalist that I'm looking for, maybe that's already covered, but maybe we need uh, some some people to just come and join and sing. Yeah. Then sometimes it's who's sitting next to me. If I see that they really have a heart for what we're singing and what we're doing, and I hear that maybe they've got a great voice, then it's, hey, how would you feel about coming to rehearsal this week and maybe just sitting in and kind of going from there? Yeah. Josh, what do you look forward for, like, with adding vocalists? Yeah, I think, I think vocals are probably the easiest thing to add to. Um, and and I, don't, I don't mean that flippantly or to say that it's not it's not important but like Rachel said we I, I think most people have some ability to sing 
Not everybody. There are people that... Uh, not everybody. Not everybody. I, I, I might be in the minority, <laughs> but I think that everybody has one song that they can sing. Oh, they may okay. They may not be able to sing every single song. But one good but, one. But I once had a pastor yeah. who could only sing Amazing Grace. All right. And that was the one song. That was the one song. They so couldn't, put them on for that song. couldn't sing anything else but Amazing Grace in their one specific key. Yeah. They hit every note. So you find that one song and you add it on on the set like once a year. Everybody can participate. But I don't don't think everybody can sing in in a praise band. But I love love adding vocalists because it gets more people added to the team. It gets more buy-in from the congregation the more people they see. And at at the end of the day, the – what we are, what we're singing. That's that's the main thing. That's mm-hmm. the message we're trying to get across. That's that's the expression of joy uh, from our heart. And it's if if they're not the best singers in the world, it's fine. Um, now, dude, I am a little more picky with trying to find lead vocalists, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, just because they are the ones that are kind of carrying more of the, re- the leading responsibility. So you kind of have to be a little more judicious in who you're choosing to be lead vocalists. But if you're try- if you're just trying to find background vocalists or choir type type vocals, you can kind of be a little uh, a little more lenient in terms of style and ability. Uh, because I think at the end of the day, it just adds a, another energy level and excitement level, and some joy to it. I think it, it makes it a little more fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, and we talked about this last episode, and you mentioned it having them join rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we talked about this with with adding instrumentalists into your group. Um, is is joining rehearsal, making sure that they're members of your church, making sure that they um, fit the group. Um, make sure that, that that they're not gonna that they're not gonna be a distraction yeah. or detour. All of that as well. Yeah. Um, so so you've invited them to rehearsal. How would you train a vocalist mm. that maybe has never been in a praise band before? Oh, I've only sang in choirs and mm. in high school or whatever, um, or a choir in your church. Mm-hmm. How would you train them to be to be? Let's let's say let's say background har- harmony behind you. Mm-hmm. How, how would you train them? Uh, so this is one of my favorite things. Um, I studied voice, so I have a different approach kind of. We do go more into the technical things when I'm working with my vocalist and give uh, a foundation for it so that then we have something to work off of. So my approach is a little bit different, but I would say in most situations, really just starting them with, okay, let's carry a melody. Yeah. Like let's let's start with the melody of a familiar song that we all know and let's just sing that down. And let's do that a couple times. And then from there I can hear, okay, well, where are maybe areas that maybe I as the worship leader would tweak to make it fit more to our group? Yeah. So sometimes that's style. Sometimes that's technical things. Um, sometimes it's just if they are already coming on the team, that decision's already been made, and maybe they do struggle with keeping that melody. Maybe it's just repetition, and we just work it until we know that we have that solid uh, melody that we can just sing without even thinking about it. No problems there. Mm. Um, If you are going about it, I would encourage everybody who is uh, singing as part of a worship team to have some form of technique. It doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to be a collegiate level. Um, But just simple things like we want to make sure that we have a full sound. We want to make sure that we're supporting when we're singing and we don't have um, a light and airy and maybe a weak sound because we've, AJ, you've already said this is the person who gets the joy and the privilege of having the lyrics. We're sharing that story out. So we want to do that in a way that uh, holds a little bit of holy confidence Mm -hmm. and can also make sure that that is projected. Uh, And just also sometimes it's, technique that helps stylistically. Sometimes it's 
how we're pronouncing our words. Uh, you've got Billie Eilish, who's really popular. And I have a lot of my young praise team vocalists who really like her music. And so they're starting to shift how they sound yeah. to match her, which is not a problem if you're singing in your car. But sometimes we can't quite understand the words you're singing. It's, it's that indie kind of It's sound the that, indie that, thing yeah, up the, in front of all, a congregation. All of the, young, the youngsters exactly. are, are going the, with now. The youths. Uh, so making, <laughs> sometimes it's just even down to that, making sure that we're pronouncing our words in a way that people understand what we're yeah, saying. Yeah. And then when when with your when when you are singing with people, mm -hmm. uh, lining up consonants, yeah. right? Um, that's 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 a big thing. I'm I'm kind of a I'm a sound guy. Um, lining up consonants are yeah. very very key. Yeah. Um, that, that's that's very very important. Um, but then but then you 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 talked about how um, listening to Billie Eilish or, mm -hmm. or whoever it may be, you'll start to influence that. That, that happens a lot in, in guitar playing as well. Yeah. Uh, whatever you're listening to. Is what you're going to try to emulate, yeah. even if you're, even if it's not on purpose. Um, so listening to worship music, yeah, right. Listen, listen to the songs. Listen, listen to the rep um, on on what your team has, um, on on what on what. N not just so you can learn your part, but also learn how you can sound like that. Yeah. Listen to yeah. listen to worship, and I know it's not the most interesting music all the time, <laughs> uh, but but it, it is very heartfelt. I, most of my most of my listening time uh, is now worship music, so mm -hmm. I know what's out there. Um, but also, uh, so I know what I want my team to sound like, the teams that I lead. Yeah. I want them to sound like. Um, Josh, throwing over to you. Uh, with, with the vocalist, and um, uh, they're holding a microphone, yeah. which is scary because guitar players, <laughs> they plug in. Yeah. Keyboards already plugged in. Uh, drums can be mic'd. doesn't need to be, but those mics are staying there. Yeah. The vocalists are moving and singing and different yeah. words mean diff uh, uh, could, could could react differently to the microphone. So as a sound guy, what yeah. what mic technique uh, would would you give to to, to new vocalists or, or any vocalists to be honest? Yeah, I think um, there's a, a lot of times uh, sound engineers will put a microphone on a stand, and then vocalists feel like they just have to stay, stay at that position. Now the guitar player, I, I love a mic on a stand because. I've got my hands full. I can't actually hold a microphone. But it also means that I have to stay fixed to this mm -hmm. position. And vocalists, they tend to move a little bit more. And for that reason, I encourage my vocalists to actually take the mic out of the stand so that they can get uh, a consistent distance between the mouth and the vocal mic. A sound engineer is going to have the the hardest time mixing you if you're if the distance, the distance between your mouth and the, the microphone is always changing. Like yeah. if you're moving around... Mm -hmm. Uh, you can't get a really good consistent sound. So you want to hold you want to hold the mic not on the ball of the mic and not all the way at the bottom either, but you know at, at you know in the middle of the microphone and about six inches away from from your from your mouth. If you hold it underneath your chin, you'll get a more of a muffled sound. So you kind of want to hold it out front at a, a very consistent level and just make sure you're not playing with the cable because that introduces noise into mm -hmm. into the recording. So. Yeah, keeping the mic in, in as best as possible. Yeah, <laughs> we're, yeah. we're not robots, but and and you don't have to take a, a tape measure out and, yeah. and make sure that you're mm -hmm. this far away. Yeah. Uh, but 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 being cautious of that. Um, you, you like like you said, you don't want to cup the microphone. Mm -hmm. That's 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 one of my biggest pet peeves is, is cupping that we're not yeah. we're not rapping. Right. <laughs> that, that's the sound that they're going for there. Yeah. Uh, but but keeping it keeping it consistent away or. Um, if, if they are nervous or don't want to hold the microphone, maybe keeping it on a stand and then yeah. keeping keeping that same distance right. um, as close as possible. Uh, the other thing to the is, microphone there. if you're holding the microphone, this is something that yeah. will just, yeah. that will get uh, um, get you in trouble. 
don't drop the microphone mm-hmm. so that it's you know pointing at the 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 monitor because yes. that happens a lot of times like you're you're finishing your part you drop the microphone and now it's pointing directly at your the stage wedge the monitor and that's where feedback happens yep. I, I was yeah. just about to mention that, that yeah. that's um so so i don't i don't know what your take is on on mic technique i can throw it over to you mm-hmm. uh but but i like for for new vocalists who don't know that who yeah. don't mm-hmm. understand feedback um and who are just focusing and probably super nervous in front in mm-hmm. front of people, keeping it on a mic yeah. stand, um, and so, so they're not playing and fidgeting with that as well. Yeah. Uh, what's your take on, on mic technique for for a beginner? Uh, for beginners, I do typically like to start them on a stand yeah. and keep them there. Um, sometimes, if I feel like maybe they're a little too rigid or maybe they're a little too uncomfortable, then we break away from that. Um, but more times than not, we're starting on a stand. It if nerves are kicking in and our hands are shaking, you don't have to worry about holding it. It stays pretty still. Typically, your your newer vocalist in a worship team aren't moving around too much. Yeah. Then when they start kind of progressing or getting comfortable, getting comfortable <laughs> or like, I'm I move a lot, a lot. So it it kind of is the moment that I become a diva a little bit about if possible, I need a wireless or something that can be moving with me because if not, the sound guy just hates yeah. me and yeah. and we're done. So at starting off and then kind of ease them through as they go. I would prefer them to be off a stand at some point, yeah. just, you know, for flexibility, yeah. but yeah. it's, it's exactly. the safer bet in the beginning. So Rachel, how would you teach uh, somebody to sing harmony? Mm-hmm. Um, um, y- you mentioned um, when training, uh, singing melody along with them, yeah. um, like like figuring them out there. Um, but but if, if you're asking them to, to sing harmony in a song, background vocals, um, how, how would you train uh, somebody to sing harmony? Yeah, so I typically, the vocalists that come to me are either in one of two camps, and that is already knowing how, and that's just kind of ingrained in them. They were born with it. It's just natural for them, and that's kind of your easier bet. Some A lot of times they're altos in choir because you don't typically get the melody within a choir if you're an alto. <laughs> so for them, that, that ear is kind of already trained to it. Um, and then others really do struggle, and it's a learning process. So for me, uh, I like to train the harmony as if it is their melody. So yeah. I take the melody away from them completely, yeah. and we are just going to work on this part as if this is the primary uh, melodic line for this song. And we just go over it and over it and repetition until when we get together as a group, they know this is my melody, and this what else is being sung is almost coming across as a harmony. And it's just kind of flipping the mindset so that it's a little bit less fear because sometimes we think, oh my gosh, harmony is so hard and I'm, I'm terrified. Um, but I like to just start with an easy one for them. Nothing too complicated, nothing too uh, jumping around too much, um, but really just teaching it as if it um, is the melody itself. Uh, another tip I would give is that uh, you need to be listening to groups that have more than one vocalist yeah. and who sing harmony. So for me, I'm from the Carolinas, born and raised, and we grew up in the house. Southern gospel was played Mm -hmm. all the time, and I love me some Gaithers. But it ingrained in me just these really uh, deep and rich harmonies just Mm. constantly around me as a child. And 
being sung in my house. And it really helped me when I got older and in groups and choirs and things that my ear just naturally goes to it. Mm. So it may not be your listening choice, but find groups like that, quartets or something that have multiple parts and you can really listen and you can start to pick things out and kind of be more comfortable singing them on your own. Yeah, yeah, and and, and you're exactly exactly right with that. Um, I I like your point. I've never never thought of that, of having the harmony be that person's melody. I, I've never thought of that, and then and you're exactly right. Usually, it is altos that, yeah. that are that are good with yeah. that because because <laughs> their their part is they almost never read the melody. That's right, we don't. Sorry, sorry, altos. It's sad. Um, I think tenor parts a little little harder, but it is what it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> going along with that, uh, you you mentioned listening, which is very very important. Like like we mentioned before, listening to worship music, listening to to, to different groups that have harmonies. Um, I like to listen to all sons and daughters because I feel like. Um, the harmony and melody can can work separately, mm. like, like like you said. Uh, I, I've never never thought about that. But but then this group, it's two vocalists almost singing a duet, as opposed to this is the lead vocal with harmony behind yeah. it. Um, so so listening to, to to different types of groups like that as well. Jo- Josh, what's your take on on training vocalists? Uh, sorry, tra- training vocalists to sing harmony. Uh, what, what's your, what's your kind of thought on that? Yeah, I, I'm I'm actually not great at at getting vocalists to sing harmonies if they can't already find the harmonies. Um, I, I I like the idea of of treating a harmony as a melody for for a background vocalist. So you you teach them uh, this is your part, and you kind of work on that. Um, I like the way the way that I sing harmonies. I think are like I think of the chord structure, and and these would be very basic harmonies. But you know, a chord is you know the first, the third, and the fifth scale degree of that of that key, yeah. right? So I in, in my head I'm thinking uh, I find the you know the first the tonic note and then I count up to a third and then I'll see if I can figure out if I start at this note can I f- yeah. follow the melody. It, it's it's got to work with the chords underneath it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um uh it, it it can sound good by itself, right? Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't work with the chords then it sounds yeah. horrible, right? right? Uh so <laughs> making sure it fits the harmony, which which can be different yeah. uh, for all different kinds of styles of music, uh, ba- making sure that it fits worship style. So listening to those kinds of groups yeah. uh, are, and making sure it works with the chords yeah. are very, very important. Yeah, um, Josh, I, I, I'll throw it to you first. I'll open it up to both of you guys. Um, but uh, when leading a group and arranging a song, um, when... I don't like harmony all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, Harmony from, from top to bottom doesn't always work. So what would you do with, 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 with other vocalists? Yeah. I mean, we've, we've made the, we've made the discussion uh, a couple of times already where, uh, dynamics are really important to what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, just so that we're like this, a song doesn't just exist as one block from top, top to end. Like there's, there's this flow to it. There's this shape to the song and harmonies are one way that we can add another variation or another element of dynamic to the song. Uh, so, um, we typically don't use harmonies at the beginning of the song, uh, just so that if there's anyone in the congregation who doesn't know, they're not familiar with the song, there's no question what the melody for the song is. So we usually do either a solo vocalist on the first verse or, 
um, yeah, I'll, I'll actually like a solo vocalist on the first verse and maybe unison vocals on the first chorus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that at that point, you establish a clear melody uh, mm-hmm. for both uh, the verse sections and the chorus sections of the song. Yeah. And then it gives you somewhere to grow and as well. And it gives well. you somewhere to grow. Instead of mm-hmm. this is our, our biggest, this is everybody, yeah. Uh, yeah, all full harmony, everything yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. And then there's nowhere to go right. from that. Yeah. So yeah, you start with one, one single voice at the beginning. You add other voices singing along with that one voice. Same same part. It just kind of gets a little bit more air moving, uh, in uh, more mo- uh, movement of the air, yeah. and then after that, then you can start adding harmony parts. After that, and it, yeah. it does help shape the song. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Rachel, what's your thing about? Uh, what's your thought on arranging, like vocalist specifically? Yeah. Um, I sometimes it depends on your group because sometimes you don't have anyone who can do harmony. Yeah. So maybe you're training someone and they're not quite. To where they feel comfortable so yeah. maybe maybe we're just putting it in in small spaces mm-hmm. maybe it's just on the courses yeah. or something like that um, but if you have people who are comfortable with it then my typical rule of thumb is like josh said we've got verse one and chorus one we're melody specifically if it's a new song yeah for newer songs if i'm teaching my congregation something harmony is minimal mm-hmm. because i want i don't want anybody getting confused on what it is that i'm expecting them to sing um, but if we already know the song, then usually harmonies potentially on verse two, or sometimes it's doubling. If it's a, a a powerful verse and we just really want everybody on the same page, then doubling the melody there. Um, bridges, I typically wait it out. Most of the time in contemporary worship, you're going to do that bridge at least twice. Yeah. So typically I'm waiting until the second time. Again, everything goes back to we're leading worship for a congregation. So what serves them? What helps them know what's going on? Yeah. Um, and then from there you can go on. Once the song is, is super well known to your congregation, maybe you throw in a little bit more. It kind of colors things differently yeah. and kind of keeps that interest there. But yeah. and, and I know vocalists don't like this because then it seems like they're just standing up there um but but not singing into the microphone yeah mm-hmm. uh, as as if you're not leading if you're leading of course singing into the microphone yeah <laughs> uh, but but then if you're if you're singing harmony for that song or you're singing background vocals the best thing to do to serve the song and serve the congregation and serve God might be not to sing into the microphone yeah, yeah. um because we we're, we're arranging we're setting an atmosphere for for all of this yeah um and if we're full thick harmony the whole way yeah. Um, then, then, then it gets monotonous and, yeah. and and distracting from there. And that's a that's a well, I don't want to. Inter- well, no, you go. I'll, I'll jump in after you. <laughs> well, I was gonna say that's, that's actually a great point, and we haven't really talked about stage presence mm-hmm. yet. Yeah. Um, and we've we've kind of tried to make the point that what we do is not a show; it's not a performance. But there is a show element to what we do because we are standing in front of people. Mm-hmm. We want uh, our congregation often will take their energy or their participation cues from what we do. And as vocalists, particularly like as a background vocalist who uh, your primary role is to sing harmonies, but like we said, you're not singing all the time. In those times when you're not singing harmony, take the mic away. Again, don't point it at the floor, but take the mic away and just make sure that you're still singing. Even yeah. if it's if it's not your time to, to sing on, on your part, you can still be singing with the congregation. Because mm-hmm. uh, like we want the congregation to sing with us all the time. Yep. So if, if you're... And you're if, part of the congregation. Yeah, and <laughs> you're a part of the congregation. So if you're not actually on an active harmony part, take the mic away, but still be singing, still yeah. be engaging. Yeah. That, that, that goes for instrumentalists too. Yes. Um, if it's yeah. just uh, like we're, we're going to a down course where it's just piano or just acoustic guitar and vocals, yeah, and you're the bass player, 
or, or, or the drummer, look engaged, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, sing along with it. Yeah. it it's, it's, we are all worship leaders, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, looking, looking down or um, ha- having eye contact is very important, but, but looking down and, and uninterested, it's like, well, I'm not participating right now. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's exactly going to be, um, 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 the, the congregation is going to feed off of that. Yeah. Exactly yeah. like what you said. Because if, yeah. if, if we look bored while we're up there, mm-hmm. how can we expect them exactly. to, to be yeah. engaged? Well, and that's part of going back to training new vocalists. That's part of what I work on them with is our physical presence. What yeah. does that look like? And not saying that you have to be, you know, jumping around the stage and, and that's the goal that we're trying to reach. But just what is the physical awareness? What is the congregation seeing from you? Are you engaged? Because at the end of the day, even if you're not singing on that part, you are still actively worshiping, hopefully. Yeah. That's that's yeah. our goal and our intent. Uh, so some of that we go over, just like you said, look, looking engaged, staying engaged. Um, part of that comes back to if you don't have, kind of with the sound tech conversation, um, just the physicality of mic technique. If you are holding a mic and maybe you aren't singing on this verse or maybe you are doing harmony and maybe you don't have somebody in the back who can change levels, so if I'm singing harmony and Josh is singing melody, I'm going to back up a little more. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to put a little more distance between me and my mic mm-hmm. so that what I'm doing is not overpowering him. Yeah. Now, if you've got a great sound tech back there who's changing levels, then you don't have to really worry about that too much. But making sure that sometimes it's not your moment at the mic yeah. and just really yeah. playing that by ear and yeah. serving well. The, the melody's king. And mm-hmm. that's, 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 the, um, that's what we're trying to convey and, and make sure that the congregation is singing yeah. the melody as well. Um, there's going to be musicians out there that are going to be singing harmonies as well, mm-hmm. even even before your your harmony or, or background vocalist comes in. They're going to be right. singing that, but you can't yeah. you can't control that. They're worshiping themselves. Right. Um, uh, but melody is king. So so realizing that who's leading that vocal, who, who's who's the leading vocalist yeah. for that song, and taking a back taking a back step that could be more distance or just singing quieter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, same thing with every instrument. Um, if you have a pianist and a vocalist, or a pian- pianist and, and an acoustic guitar, one of the one of the instruments is the lead instrument. The other one's supporting. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we talked about in the previous, uh, previous episodes. But it works the same with vocalists. Um, uh, w- when you're training vocalists, um, what would you do? Let, let, let's, let's say for a, a, a young person, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're, we're building a praise team. Um, or it could be an older adult as well, but but they're nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, you've invited them. You're like, hey, you're ready. You've been hyping them up, singing harmony, singing the harmony for for one chorus is the best thing to do in the world. Yeah. Uh, how do you how do you um, handle their nervousness? Give them confidence. How would you go about doing that? Uh, I think it starts with the conversation in rehearsal, discussing with them. You know, reminding them what the heart is of what we're doing that this is worship, that this is not a performance that you're giving. Because um, there's some relief in that. There's some relief in knowing that this isn't a solo for me. This is not to bring attention to myself, but it's to bring attention back to the Lord. Yeah. Um, there is still a weight to what we do, so we don't take it lightly. We yeah. do still want you know musical excellence. But really having that conversation with them, um, really, and I don't have a better way of saying it, but just get up there and do it. That's really what what helps is just repeatedly doing it, getting used to what those nerves feel like, getting used to what it what it feels like when that kicks in and you're in front of a congregation. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you are in front of people and you're being very vulnerable. I mean, if you, for an instrumentalist, 
there are a lot of things you can blame it on. You say, oh, you know, I, I need new strings on this guitar. And that's that's kind of or sounded twangy today. Or maybe the keys. Oh, yeah, the keyboard. It's, that transpose button was on. That's That was classic. all that. It, classic. Yeah. But for a vocalist, it, it's you. Yeah. So there is, there's a, a bit of that um, just being nervous about how people are going to respond yeah. to the gift that you have within yourself. Um, but just really doing it more and more and more and stressing that this is worship. Yeah. That's the intention behind it. Also, just being very honest. We we all are going to have days where we're not our best. Mm. There are going to be time. I, my voice cracked two weeks ago, and it was a <laughs> doozy. It's going to happen. It happens multiple times to me <laughs> every service. So <laughs> two weeks ago, it's, that'd be a win for me. <laughs> <laughs> but it, do, it, hap, it happens to the best of them. And just really, if you are their worship leader, coming alongside them and making sure that they know that they are still valued in this group. We want you here. And and I, as your leader, believe that you are capable of this. And that's why I've asked you uh, to step into this role. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think for, for uh, there's, there's definitely nerves the first time you, you, you sing in, in worship um, on stage. I think um, particularly for a vocalist, I think it's, it's an easy thing to kind of ease them into it to just say, Hey, just come and sing with me. Mm-hmm. Like I'll, I will still be the leader. I just right. want you to just come and sing with me. Uh, you can give them a microphone. Uh, you can give them what the Hollywood mix if you, if you want to, <laughs> where uh, they hold the microphone. They may, they may not actually be in the sound system. Uh, just, you know, it, it is what it is, but just like ease them into it. They don't have to like sing lead on their own at the, yeah. at the very beginning. They don't have to sing, their own harmony part at the beginning. They could just sing melody with yeah. you. Uh, and that's that's one way to ease someone into this and uh, it might help allay any nervousness they have. So after, you know, three or four weeks of that, they may feel comfortable enough just being on stage that you can say, all right, now try singing this harmony part on, on the chorus, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Um, and then and then if, if you are trying to, trying to train them into lead vocalist, like you said, Make sure that they are that they're one hundred percent confident, one hundred and ten percent confident with with the song that they're leading or the part that they're about to sing. Yeah, yeah. Um, because um, I, I still get nervous about it. Yeah, we're yeah. we're conveying the message. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like the music and the sermon go hand in head, hand in hand, um, and telling the story to the congregation. Yeah. Of what the pastor um, has, uh, what what God has said on on the pastor's heart, um, but but. For, for lack of a better word, music is very manipulative and that yeah. can be used um, uh, to a powerful, powerful way that, and God yeah. can use that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and holding the microphones, uh, yeah. singing, singing the, the words to that um, is, is, is very powerful. And, it's, and it's, it's what God is trying to tell them through, yeah. through, through you, through the vocalists, through the, musician, through the musicians. Well, and I'm glad that you mentioned, like, you still get nervous. I mean, oh, we, I st- we every, all every at time. these mics right now, we've been doing this for years and years. And, <laughs> yeah. and Josh and I do, with Transmission, we have uh, an awesome opportunity to get to do smaller churches, but then also some of these larger events. And I will venture to say sometimes the nerves kick in more at the smaller churches yep. because it's more intimate and yep. you really are. I mean, you, you're a member of that congregation, so you were leading your own peers. Yeah. And it's very intimate. It's very vulnerable. So you being nervous is perfectly okay. Yeah. Whether I'm singing or, 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 or playing guitar and, and not singing, I, I, I feel that. It's mm-hmm. worse it's more nervous to me, but I think my nervousness is worse is what I was trying to say, is worse when I have to get off the platform 
and then go talk to people yeah. after service. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. if it's at an event and I probably won't see most, I'll, I'll probably see a couple of them. Hey, worship is good. But then when I have to go see them on, on I have to go sit with them mm-hmm. for yeah. the service. I have to go um, uh, to small group together with them. I have to, to to go have dinner with them or lunch after. after. It's, it's more nerve wracking. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm leading you guys in worship, but you're also my peers. You're also yeah. my congregation. Right. Um, it's 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 something that that I still deal with. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I don't think there's ever like a, oh, it will go away after yeah. how many times. No. Um, but but like you said, it, it is best but you, yeah, to you, go up there and, and just you learn to just, deal with it. exactly. Yeah, yeah the more the more you the do more it. you do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, since you're holding the microphones in your hand, um, Ra- Rachel, I'll start with you. What tips would you give? We mentioned this a little bit uh, previous episode for transitions, mm. um, but but you're the ones with the microphones. You're the one that can speak to the congregation yeah. uh, and welcome and and um, and close and things. What what tips would you have for for transitions and then welcomes? Uh, for the most part, keep it short and sweet. Yep. Just easy. Welcome them. That's the first thing. We're yeah. all we're all entering into this time uh, of worship together and not everybody is comfortable in singing. So just welcome them in, uh, you know, really drive home the fact I mentioned in a previous episode, you know, good morning, church family. We're we're yeah. doing this together. We're one body. Um, and I say keep it short and sweet. You can share uh maybe a quick testimony of something the Lord has done this week, or maybe just a, a small moment of what the Lord is laying on your heart. Or sometimes too, I really like, you know, pulling scripture that goes with maybe the theme of what we're doing. Um, I would shy away from sometimes people uh, fall into the trap of not preparing. And so they haven't thought about what they're going to say. So maybe they ramble and maybe you, Josh says like, didn't know how he's going to end his sentence, didn't know how he's landing the plane. So you're kind of circling the airport a few times or, um, Maybe you start sharing a personal story and halfway through realize, maybe I shouldn't be sharing this one from the, the platform. Yep. So It's also been five minutes. It, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's five minutes later. People are like, all right, I kind of want to sit down now. Yep. So preparing, I, like I said, there's scripture at, at your hand if you pull your Bible out that you can use welcoming, um, keep it simple, just yep. really bring them in. Yeah, I think uh, especially for home churches, you know, like th- this is this is where you lead every week. Uh, there's not like they there's nothing wrong with being um, you know familiar with your people mm-hmm. and um, sharing w- what uh, the Lord is doing in your life. Because uh, in in one way, this helps to bridge uh, between what's happening before your worship set and then actually getting into into the actual singing. So it's okay to it's okay to make that bridge and to um, to be uh, familiar with with your people, um, but I would I would caution against long introductions. You don't want to do many sermons. Uh, you kind of want the song to speak for itself. Uh, so all, all all you're really doing is bridging between what's coming uh, before your worship set and then as you're getting into it. Um, I just know for me, the shorter the better. Yeah. Uh, I like to try to have a plan ahead of time. I don't often, uh, I don't always write it out. Sometimes I will write it out. I'll, uh, especially you know, if you're using an iPad or something for your charts, it's actually it's really easy. You can just, Even just paper and pencil, or just paper, <laughs> paper and pencil. Yeah, just what, whatever you have. If you just write it on the top of your chart, like yeah. this is what I'm going to say. Um, you can use scripture uh, just to introduce a song. You can even just you know 
use the first couple of lines of the mm-hmm. chorus just just to kind of uh, glue this together with the theme of, of the service. Um, that's all. That's really all you need to do is just make the connection and yeah. then just get into it. And 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 just like nervousness, of, uh, this is nervous. Um, like like speaking in front of people. That mm-hmm. uh, you could you can be a great vocalist, but and and you're nervous. And you're, you're nervous speaking in front of people, but you're not nervous singing in front of people. Yeah. Like, like that could be you. Um, uh, so writing it down is, is, is very, very important. Um, but then also uh, pray, pray, pray mm-hmm. about what you're going to say. Yeah. Um, pray not only for the worship, but the worship time, yeah. your welcomes, your, your, your closings. Um, yeah. uh, plan before, right? But pray about it as well. And if God's laid something on your heart, um, say it, but be cautious. Be cautious of of how long it's going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Be, be cautious of of how you're going to end it. Um, uh, I've always it, 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 jump into it. Like like you have to say something. Yeah. It's weird if you just go one, two, three, yeah. four, and, and jump right in. Uh, you, <laughs> yeah. you have to say something. Yeah. Um, but but just like leading leading vocals, you'll get better at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With, with time. Yeah. Um, uh, when I started, and, and sometimes I still do this. I'm like, oh, I'm going to say this point. And then it's hard for me to finish. (laughs) It's like, this is a great point. And then it's like, okay, what are the words that I'm going to, to, to say to finish it? Right. Uh, And, and then, and then start the band off. Um, But, but writing it down, um, um, keeping it short and, and practicing is so, so very important. Yeah. 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 Well, cause there are going to be times too, when either something technically goes wrong. So if you are a, I mean, you can be a small team and still using tracks and things. So maybe your track doesn't fire when it's supposed to, and now there's dead air, or maybe, uh, the guitarist lost their pick in their guitar and now Mm -hmm. they're really trying to get it. So or sometimes, too, it's just maybe that right before we go up, the pastor has asked, hey, can you say a few words beforehand? Yeah. So we've had that, too, where Josh will look over and go, all right, it's you. It's your turn. So being just getting used to it and yeah. doing it more and more also allows you the ability to, if there's a moment that comes up that maybe you didn't have time to prepare for, yeah. you're more comfortable and you can kind of jump in there, too. Yeah. And, and one thing that, that, we, that we need to focus on, um, and it leads kind of into my last question, um, is is don't make worship about worship about you mm-hmm. like um, it, it's it's an easy trap to fall into because because yep. I'm the one leading the song right yeah. it, it's it's not a gig we've said that before with with other uh, uh, with with talking about instrumentalists um, but but same thing with vocalists don't make yeah. worship about you make it about God and and leading your congregation right. um, so so Josh I'll start with you what traps should uh, should vocalists um, avoid while leading worship, what 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 have you seen, or um, what's what's the things that, that can be easily tempted when you're when you're leading worship? Um, I think at the end of the day, uh, as worship leaders, we want to be as transparent as we can. Yeah. Uh, we, you just said it's not about us, uh, but we want in what we do, uh, we're we're serving our congregation, we're serving our church. So everything we do needs to be transparent, so that. Uh, we provide the service and our people then commune and have the conversation with God. Uh, so for me, I just know, like, I'm going to talk as little as possible. Uh, I'm going to manage the transitions as best I can, which means I'm going to prepare so that uh, I, I'm, I'm holding my congregation's hand between what comes before worship, our song worship set, and then into our worship set. So I, there's, no, uh, there's no awkwardness uh, in any way. Uh, and then at that point, I'm just getting out of the way. Um, 
so yeah, be as, be as transparent as you can. Uh, and then I would also say, uh, we, we mentioned this a second ago, just what in all that you're doing, whether you're a vocalist or an instrumentalist, just be engaged in worship. Um, get out of your music as, as, much, as much as you can. In, in an ideal world, you've, you've internalized this music enough that you don't really need all the chord, the chord charts. Uh, you don't need to read every every chord on the chart. So get out of the music, engage with with your audience, look like you're you're in an active state of worship, and then your congregation will take the cue yeah. from that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, I jotted down two thoughts. One, um, as vocalists, sometimes it's easy to think you can get away without or get away with not preparing. Yeah. So you know that your guitarist is going to need to work on those chord changes. Um, same with your keys or your drummer with whatever, you know, rhythm and beat that you want them to learn. But sometimes vocalists, we think, and I'm going to put myself in the camp, we think that, oh, well, I know that song. So I'll just, I'll listen to it in the car on the way to church that morning, and then that's enough. And I can just walk in and I'll sing it and it'll be fine. Um, one, there's technique that goes into it. Our, our voices are an instrument, and we want to take care of those. Yeah. Um, so making sure that you're warming up yes, properly, making good... sure that your instrument is ready to go when you get there. Uh, but two, the Lord sees things that other people don't. The Lord sees our heart if we're preparing or if we're not or if we're flippantly kind of tossing it to the side. Um, so preparing, warming up your voice, working on your songs, knowing your lyrics— all of that is also worship. You're gearing yeah. up for the public display of it. Um, so making sure that you're not falling into that. It's a little bit of laziness. It's a little bit of, oh, I can do it and I'll be fine. Yeah. Um, so that's that's my first thought. My second one, though, is to avoid, and I'm going to speak from it as, as a vocalist myself, but to avoid, like AJ said, making it about us. Um, because just like it's easy for us to get nervous about this gift is something that's coming out of me and so people can judge it. It also is the same for this is coming out of me and people can praise it and people can encourage it and lift it up. And all of a sudden that becomes our identity yeah. and that becomes, oh, I'm a good worship leader because I sing really well or, oh, I, I did so well on that song and now we kind of puff ourselves up. But yeah. if you are called into leading worship, if you are called into this place and you feel like the Lord has, has put you in this position, he didn't call you to a stage. He didn't call you to a microphone. He called you to lead his people in corporate worship. Yeah. So at the end of the day, what you're doing is, is a gift. You're giving this back to the Lord, what he has given you, but it's not about you. So it, I think a trap that's really easy to fall into, especially these days when we have worship leaders who do have the celebrity status on them. And I don't know their heart posture. That's for them and the Lord. But it's so easy to see that and kind of take that on ourselves and yeah. really make it about us when that, then our worship is, is pointless. Yeah. If it's just about us, if it's self-praising, yeah. then there's, there's yeah. really no point. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great stopping point, guys, that, that this is, it's been a great conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, th thank you guys for joining me in this episode. Uh, um, th thank you guys for tuning in. In, in this episode, we, we just just touching on points. We talked about how to add new vocalists, um, how, to, how to train them up, and how to um, and uh, uh, w when to sing, when not to sing, <laughs> yeah. and then also uh, what what traps that 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 vocalist um, 
are need to avoid yeah. uh, to, to to fall into. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a great conversation. Thank, thank you guys for joining me in this episode and, and see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Worship Leading for Small Churches. If you liked this episode, we would appreciate if you'd like and share this with others. Tune in next Wednesday at 10 a.m. where we continue our discussion. We will see you next time. Thank you for listening and God bless.